Hey, Bob. Kev, you got time to do a special edition of the YFFL podcast? I certainly do. Just put the kids to bed, and I got my computer here and my glass of Chardonnay. I'm ready to go. Oh, nice. Well, it's a, it's a special day in the YFFL. The birds were chirping extra loud. The sun was shining extra bright this morning. The heir to the Mallard's throne was born. Calvin Johnson Lawrence Dugas. Initial reaction. Uh, it was in my text to Steve this morning, only a few years until he can wear that jersey that Steve bought what, five or six years ago. Um, he's got to be thrilled. He has to be thrilled. It will. Uh, I think it's going to take him years to get out of the doghouse for uh, what he pulled last night, showing up FaceTiming from the delivery room uh, and doing the draft. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I would, I would, Marcy would hold it over my head for the rest of our life. Hey, remember that time our son was born, but you were doing your fantasy football draft in the delivery room? I, she would never let that go. I, I would agree wholeheartedly, and I think Andy would feel the same way. I was stunned when he popped up on that Google Hangout. I could, I couldn't believe it either. Uh, he's got the, the balls <laughs> of a. <laughs> I no, I mean, Becky Becky must know that it's Calvin isn't just a name he threw out of a hat, right? That he is naming him after one of his fantasy football heroes. I mean, she must know that, right? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if she knows who Calvin Johnson is. Uh, she knows her Patriots. She probably recognizes Johnson, the jersey, but I don't think, I don't know if she knows the first name is Calvin, so. Wow. It's fun to hear more of this story as it comes out, but congrats to Steve and Becky and, uh, and the whole Dugas family and the, the birth of the little guy who will one day, I'm sure, be a part of part of our league and the uh, heir to the throne of the Mallards uh, franchise. Well, but, I mean, that's, uh, that's assuming that's assuming that Steve will give up the you know the Mallards to his own child. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he will, but it, it, it might take a, a little longer than yeah than we, we think. But someday, yeah. yes, I think he will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the drafts last night it was, it was pretty mundane. There weren't a, a lot of studs. I think next year's draft will be one of the greats of all time. But this year it was a little mundane. Uh, what, what was your thought going into the draft? You you had a pick at number five, which was one of the best spots to draft, in my opinion, and then uh, you moved up in the second round. Talk us through what you were thinking in the draft, who you're eyeing, and ultimately that trade you made to get uh, DeAndre Washington. Well, I think the word mundane is a little bit of an understatement. I thought this draft was really boring. I wasn't excited by anybody. There's no intrigue. We knew we knew the chickens were going to take Elliott. You know, after Tony Romo got hurt, I thought Dak Prescott might make things interesting, you know, and sneak into the top ten, and then he ended up going to the Tangs, and that, you know, was like, oh, well, that's exactly where we thought he was going to go. And and it just was boring because it seemed like nobody was playing in the preseason. And so, I mean, Elliott never played in the preseason, and Dotson never played, and Coleman barely played, and... I mean, you know, Derrick Henry was out there, but it just seemed like no one was playing and there's nothing really to be excited about. So all these guys were going. It's just like, eh, ho-hum. But uh, I had my I had my eye on three guys at the number five. I, I had a feeling that Derrick Henry was never going to fall to me. 
but I was looking at Coleman, Dotson, and, and uh, Shepard, and I pretty much crossed off Shepard because I knew he would never get past Kurt, who's a big Giants fan as well. And I pretty much crossed off Coleman because I didn't want to have both Coleman and Gordon on the same team. You know, I, I know I drafted Terrell Pryor later, but you know Pryor can fill in for Gordon until Gordon comes back. So I was pretty excited to get Dotson. I think he's going to be really, really special in, in Washington. And uh, Pierre Garçon is not going to be back after this year. And who knows about Deshaun Jackson. So I think uh, Dotson will be the number one. So I was pretty excited to get him. And I, I didn't. I wasn't going to fall prey to taking Tyler Boyd or Will Fuller. I, I think they're nice guys, but I don't think they're ever going to be stars. I think Dotson had a chance to be a real star in this league. And then... I was I was pretty surprised that DeAndre Washington fell. I thought he was going to be one of those running backs that people just you know reached for in the first round just because running backs were so thin this year. And uh, so when he started to fall, I said, well, you know maybe I should just try and trade up and offer my third round pick and in a swap for my second because I well I like Latavius Murray. I don't have too much faith in him, and uh, I just decided that he uh, he needed a backup on the team. So. I talked to first. I reached out to John at the 15, and he said he wasn't interested. And he took Procease and then uh, Hunter Henry. And then I reached out to uh, Nick at 17 about moving up there, but he ended up trading to Kurt, who I thought was going to take Washington because he needed RB help. And he ended up taking who did he take? Sharp. He took uh, a guy that I actually thought Nick was going to take originally. And so then you know Steve came up and. I probably could have just held off and held on to my 21 and still got him because I, I figured Steve was going to take Booker, but but I know that Steve liked Washington as well from conversations. And and if uh, if I thought the draft was deep enough, I would have saved that third, but I had nobody on my list after around pick 28. So I just said, you know, who cares? I don't really need this third. And I offered him my third and my second and moved up to take Washington. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought uh, I thought the fifth spot was one of the best spots to draft in this draft because I had the five guys that went the top five ranked, not in that order, but you were going to walk away with one of those five guys. And I actually had Doxson ranked the highest of those three wide receivers, so I thought that really played well. If Coleman had fallen to you, yeah, you would have been in a tough position, but... Uh, yeah. I think Doxon is going to be really good. Uh, maybe not this year. I don't expect any of these wide receivers to do anything this year, so I don't see that. But I think yeah. Doxon and probably Shepard and maybe even Coleman next year are going to be really good. So, uh, yeah, you got one of the steals of the draft at five there, Doxon. And then John getting Prescott. I think I, I think Dak Prescott is going to be really good. I think he's going to be the Cowboys starting quarterback as soon as, you know, Tony Romo hangs it up here. I think he, John just got his next franchise quarterback at 11. I would have loved to take him at 8 or 9, but neither of my teams needed a quarterback, so it made no sense. Yeah. And then DeAndre Washington was the third steal of the draft to you at the, in the round two of the Huskers, uh, 18, or, yeah, 18 overall. I watched mm-hmm. him a lot at Texas Tech. I watched a ton of Big 12 college football, and every time in football in the Texas Tech game, he was always touching the ball or making some ridiculous runs. So uh, he's he's going to get a lot of touches with Oakland. He's going to be a playmaker. Um, so I think he'll and he, I think it was going to have an immediate impact too. I think the, the Raiders' offense is going to be awesome this year, and uh, I think you got yourself a nice player there. I was contemplating him at eight and nine. That's but and then yeah. I tried to trade down to John for fifteen and sixteen. I would have taken DeAndre Washington and Wendell Smallwood there. But he didn't mm-hmm. want to trade it, so I was lucky enough uh, to get Wendell 
Smallwood with the beans at nine because uh, he's another player for the Big 12, West Virginia, who, same thing, lightning fast, just like DeAndre Washington. He didn't get to play all this preseason either, so I was actually glad that happened because it dropped pretty far. But I like the situation he's in with Philadelphia with Ryan Matthews and 34-year-old Darren Sproles in front of him. So Smallwood's going to get a chance this year, and I think he's going to make some plays. So I was excited yeah. to get hit. Yeah, I had um, my biggest uh, my biggest steal of the draft after um, – well, other than what I thought was DeAndre Washington, I thought uh, the chickens getting Spencer Ware, who it was announced earlier in the day that um, Jamal Charles was probably not going to be playing much for at least the first few games, if not more. And so that was Spencer Ware there, an RB1 and a, you know, an RB-heavy offense. And I thought the brothers might take him since they have Charles. And I'm playing the brothers in week one, so when the chickens took him, I got really excited. Now, I mean, the chickens obviously have a wide receiver problem, and they didn't really do much to address that. But they they've set them up some they set themselves up pretty good in uh, in uh, the first few weeks with four starting running backs. So we'll see. Maybe he can make a trade if you know the embargo is truly lifted. But uh, I like that pick by by Nick Spencer Ware. Yeah, I really didn't have him on my draft board, and that was my own mistake. I just assumed he was already on the team. And uh, nice nice job by by Nick getting getting Ware and Elliott to. Get that backfield reloaded. Um, yeah. Uh, back to Will Fuller really quick. See, I, I'm like the only person up on him. I know Roto World's written him off, but I watch him a lot at Notre Dame. He's a playmaker. He's lightning fast. I don't like. I don't agree with how Roto World, you know, labeled him as a safety stretcher or whatever they called him. Uh, the guy makes plays, and he's already a starting wide receiver there ahead of some pretty, you know, pretty good players: Braxton Miller, yeah. um, Cecil Shorts. So. I, I think he's going to be good because I was deciding between him and Treadwell, and you know Treadwell is supposed to have a ton of upside, but I mean he sounds like a true project. So I was like, yeah. I'm taking the Notre Dame guy who's got the speed and seems to have a good yeah. head on his shoulders, and I think that Texans offense is going to be like the old Matt Shaw days where they're just throwing it all over the place. So um, yeah, I was, I was I, really good taking him there, not taking a, a Tyler Board or a Treadwell. Um, who were the next two wide receivers I had listed. Yeah, I actually had Will Fuller higher than uh, Treadwell, Boyd, and Michael Thomas on the Saints. I I, I thought he was better than Roto-World was saying and all the other sites were saying. And Michael Thomas, I I don't know, I just couldn't bring myself to want to take him so early considering how many other people there are in that offense that need to be thrown to. And Treadwell just seemed like he was too much of a work in progress and and uh, but so if if Dotson had gone earlier and I was choosing between Coleman and Fuller, it would have been tough to choose to choose Fuller over Coleman. But I might have done it. Uh, but thankfully, I didn't have to make that decision. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was really reminiscent to like three years ago, maybe four now, where Michael Floyd was the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft, but Roto World just slammed him, didn't really give him a chance. He fell to me at 17. I took him first pick of the second round that that year, the same year I think I got, you know, RG3 and Luck. And he's, he's been pretty good for me with the Stugs. He's a Notre Dame grad as well. So um, yeah. I don't know what Roto World is of these Notre Dame guys, but uh, very similar <laughs> to Michael Floyd. So I was, I was yeah. happy to get him. Uh, what yeah, did you no, think of the be. quarterbacks? Uh, not going real quick. I mean, Steve took Wentz sixth, um, but then Prescott, Golf, and Tax and Lynch all fell to the late 
you know, late first round. That was, that's really unusual in our drafts. Yeah, I mean, I told Steve that if he thinks Prescott was going to be the next Russell Wilson, he should take him, and I guess he didn't, and he was really into Wentz, and that's great. I don't I don't know much about Carson Wentz. I really didn't study the quarterbacks much at all because I knew I was not going to take one. Uh, I just know that from everything I've seen on in the news about Jared Goff, he just looks like quite a project. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, none of them were really that exciting. Uh, I think Steve, the, I think the Malice probably should have made a trade for a quarterback and tried to get someone uh, ready to ready to start. Whether it's one of the the Beans uh, quarterbacks, I know he was trying to get Jameis Winston off the off the llamas, but, you know, Gibby is pretty firm about that, and I was pretty firm about that as well. So that, I, we both think that Jameis Winston is going to be a top-five QB in the next year or two. And uh, But, I mean, he, I, don't, I don't know if you ever asked about Derek Carr and uh, potentially a, a Carr and Cooper for Evans and something else kind of trade to, you know, balance things out with you know, the QB and receiver combo. But all in all, it wasn't – the QBs really didn't interest me. I still just cannot believe the buddies came out with no quarterback during this draft. Yeah, I I thought Mike was going to take either Goff or uh, Prescott two overall. Turns out he was eyeing Derrick Henry the whole time. I I told Steve this. I would probably take Prescott there or even trade it down. Uh, I just I think Prescott's that good. He, I had him clearly the highest ranked quarterback of this group. I don't have much faith. I think Goff might end up being a Bust and Wentz. Uh, I think he'll be an okay quarterback. And Paxton Lynch. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about Paxton Lynch to know either way. He, he might be okay, but uh, yeah, I, I think Prescott's gonna be really good. I think he's kind of like a poor man's Cam Newton and some hybrid of Russell Wilson. I think he's just a natural leader and he, he knows to put the ball in Des Bryant's hand and Ezekiel Elliott's hand. And uh, you yeah. know he he can also move the chains with his legs. So John really. Got a nice steal at eleven. Yeah, I think so. Where do you uh, where do the buddies go from here? Do they pick up Sean Hill off the wire? Or do they try and make a trade? Here's the interesting dilemma that's going to be an uh, underlying theme the whole season. No one is going to want to trade their first round 2017 pick because the draft is so loaded. Yeah. But that is the number one way to get a quarterback is you trade your next year's number one for a Tannehill for a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins, you name it. That's yep. how you get a quarterback. And my my quarterbacks are available, Cousins and RG3 and Osweiler and even Blaine Gabbard, who, you know, obviously is a worse <laughs> than number one next year, but he's available. Mariota is not and Luck is not, but the other guys, hmm. if you want them, you got to give me a number one next year. Yep. Uh, I know yep. some owners are actually thinking about it. I don't know if Mike will – because Mike's going to be drafting in that top five next year. I don't know if he can do that, so he's going to have to come up with something. But uh, I, I think he'll make a trade. He'll, he'll, he'll do something here. I think he was counting on Trevor Simeon <laughs> falling to him, and then Tocito took him one pick before him in the uh, second yeah. round. Yeah, I think he was too. I, I think that uh, I think I, I mean I think Derek Henry was a great pick. I think he's going to be a star. I think I think Marco Murray's not going to be there that long. So he's got a nice little group of Henry and Martin uh, at his running back. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know where he's going to go. He might have to, you know, maybe think about his second-round pick next year in a player, try and get somebody. But uh, I would, if I were him, I wouldn't want to get rid of that first-rounder next year either. 
I think he'll be in the top two next year. And I think he knows his team's not very good. He's rebuilding, and that's what happens. But if he can figure out a way to get a quarterback and then go into next year in the top two, he could be right back in the swing of things pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think everybody did really well drafting. No one was unprepared. I think everybody knew who they wanted coming in, and they executed pretty well. And, uh, you know, there was guys that I wanted to fall, but they didn't even come close to falling to where I would have liked. And yeah, um, yeah, it was a good draft. I mean, it's a tough league. Everybody knows what they're doing now. It's, you just yeah. gotta really, really get lucky at this point to win and and uh, really build, you know, build your team. I, I feel like the Thugs had a ton of building to do. I was focused on starting it last night, and I. Walked away from the draft thinking maybe Kenneth Dixon will be okay, maybe Malcolm Mitchell will be okay. I just <laughs> eighth in the yeah. I actually that, that's the other steal of the draft that I'm, I'm looking at my little sheet now. That was uh, Blau Powell that you took on the Thugs in like round like six or five or something like that. Yeah, people were laughing at me. That Powell was awesome last year. No one really noticed because it was late in the year, but. Man, the guy had like an extra burst of speed I've never seen before, and I, I just think he'll carry that over into this season. I'm, I think I might be starting him for the Thugs. To, that's how yeah. weak they are, but uh, he's he's a good player. Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to some predictions. Uh, so we'll go through each division. You'll let me know who you pick as the winner, and I'll let you know mine. We'll talk a little briefly, and then we'll talk who's a wild card and ultimately what's the Super Bowl matchup. And, uh, we'll write All down right. our predictions and revisit them at the end of the year. So let's All start right. off with the, the AFC. I think it's probably the weaker of the two conferences, the AFC East. Who do you have coming out of this division? I I feel like there's very little difference between any of these four teams. I think they're all going to be hovering around each other again. I think in the end, I think it's going to be the Tangs again somehow or another. They're going to figure out a way to pull this off and win the division. I, I think the Llamas are going to be right behind them. I know that last year we all picked them to be you know the studs, and they totally fell on their face, but... I think once Levy and Bell comes back after uh, his suspension, uh, I think they're going to be a, a pretty strong team with you know either Winston or Carr and then uh, Murray and Jones and and uh, Bell and and the core receivers of you know Cooper and and Matthews. But then again, I also wouldn't be surprised if the refugees were you know we always say they're standard seven and six or six and seven, but they have some some pretty good guys on that team. But I'll take the Tangs to win the division. Yeah, I think this division is going to be really, really close. Uh, that that orangutan's wide receiver core of Allen Robinson, Des Bryant, and Eric Decker is probably as pretty good as gets in our league. Uh, his running backs are a little weak. He's really got to hope Stewart and Forsett stay healthy and carry him through um, yeah. this season. But, uh, you know, having both Romo and Prescott was huge. He got Danny Bailey back. He's got solid tight ends. I, I like the Tangs maybe at eight and five to win that division. Uh, Bear poop. I mean, it should be interesting what he does with the quarterback when Brady gets back. I think he'll choose Brady, but uh, I don't know. Cam Newman might be 
might be the yeah. guy to roll with all season long. See what Bry does there. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll take Remy Pinks to narrowly win to Division Eight and Five, and then I think uh, probably two teams come in at seven and six, and somebody gets unlucky and goes six and seven. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right, AFC West. AFC West. We have the Merrymen, the Thugs, the Eaters, and the Buddies. I'll I'll take the Merrymen here. I think that they're the most balanced team in the division. I like Ben Roethlisberger. I like C.J. Anderson. I like their receivers. So I'll, I'll stick with the Merrymen to, to lead this. I, I, I don't – sorry to say this, Bob. I don't really care for much going on with the Thugs, and I, I know the Buddies are rebuilding. I think the Eaters could be – surprising this year. I love the Melvin Gordon trade. I think Steve gave up on him way too fast. And Mark Ingram is pretty solid as well. And I mean, he has so many wide receivers that at some point you have to wonder if he might offer one of these receivers to Nick for one of his running backs and and try and balance things out a little bit for these two teams. I feel like that would, that's a trade that should happen. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Eaters were better than the Merrymen, but I'll, I'll be safe and take the Merrymen right now. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eaters. I think this is going to be a two-team race. They're going to be neck and neck the entire season. I'll take, I'll take the Eaters to go uh, nine and four. The Merrymen to go eight and five and get the wild card. Uh, I just think uh, there's some guys in the Eaters roster. I think are going to step up this year. I think Antonio Brown's going to be the league MVP. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know. Philip Rivers and Tyrod Taylor. He's got two options there. Melvin Gordon, I think, should be much improved. Mark Ingram is solid, and he's got a lot of wide receivers he can fill in, uh, like utility and, and regular. Um, Merriman, I think the Mary Thomas takes a bit of a step back. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the same player with what's going on with the Denver quarterback situation. Jeremy Macklin's solid. He's probably one of the most underrated players in the league, so um, uh, he'll be that team's MVP. And a little weak at tight end for the Merriman. I, don't, I think he's got to make an upgrade there if he wants to do anything in the playoffs, and then uh, C.J. Yeah. Anderson should be pretty solid. Thomas Rawls, uh, that's going to be something to watch because I think, I think is it Christine Michael or Michael Christine? I can never remember. Christine Michael. Um, <laughs> I think he might steal the show in Seattle. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder or something to prove yeah. they cut him last year. But uh, uh, Steve is not – he doesn't like Big Ben, so that's going to be another good – storyline this season. He wants to get rid of Big Ben, just doesn't like it. The Matthew Stafford guy, even though Big Ben is clearly the play here. Um, so should be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Should, but I'll I'll take the Eaters. I think I think there's gonna be a little uh, little surprise in this division. And the Thugs yeah. and I think the Thugs and Buddies combined for five wins. I think that sounds about right. All right. So, do you want to pick a wild card before we move on to NFC, or do you want to do NFC first? Yeah, go. I, I picked Merriman as a wild card at eight and five. Uh, who do you have? I'll take the Eaters as my wild card. Yeah, because those teams should get four wins apiece just from Thugs and Buddies. Yeah, agreed. All right. All right. Uh, NFC very, very, very deep, strong conference is really. You know, maybe, you know, the white guys and the chickens, although they're not terrible like the, uh, you know, the eaters and eaters and the buddies. Uh, start with the uh, NFC East, white guys, dragons, mallard boys. Who do you got? Uh, I 
I'm going to go on a limb here and say the boys. I, I think okay. they're fairly balanced. Huh? Uh, I don't consider that out on a limb. I think yeah, I think they're very good. Go ahead, though. I consider I consider out on a limb because the dragons always seem to come out on top somehow or another. And I've been saying for years that you know one of these days Forte and Gore are just going to disappear. And I don't know. Maybe it's this year. I think Forte's probably had his best years uh, behind him. I don't think he's going to do much this year. But they always seem to find a way somehow or another. He's got Charles Sims. He's got Keenan Allen. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what what he's going to get out of Sammy Coates and, and Doriel Green Beckham, but he always seems to find a way. And, of course, he's got Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, he can win a, win a game by himself. But I'll take the Eaters. I mean, the Eaters, the boys, they uh, they just seem very balanced. Uh, Chris has done a really good job putting this team together. And Lamar Miller could make a play for league MVP if uh, – if we don't have another quarterback again, like we always do. Uh, but uh, I like the eaters. I, the, God, I keep saying the eaters, the big boys a lot. Are you concerned at all that Chris has like 10 Cincinnati Bengals and never starts the right quarterback? Uh, no. I think at this point, Eli Manning and Andy Dalton are are pretty even, and you can, he's going to be able to start one or the other and get better production. I don't think it's going to be uh, – this guy has, you know, 30 points this week and the other has two. I think it's going to be more of a consistent 18 to 20 per week for, for these guys. Uh, my concern, actually, is with Devonta Freeman. I don't think he should expect what Devonta Freeman did last year for weeks three to six where he was the number one, you know, player in the league, not named, you know, insert any quarterback here. Um, so if, if Freeman really takes a step back, his RB core does not look nearly as good. But uh, he's got Brandon Cooks, and he's got A.J. Green still. But, yeah, it is tough picking all, all Cincinnati Bengals. You gotta, if they have a bad, one bad game, then your, your week is done. And they play the Jets in week one, so that should be interesting. Yeah, I think I'd like the boys, too, to win the division, but I think Chris has to start Eli Manning every week because he's going to start yeah. two, three, maybe even four Bengals, and it's just too risky. I would start – Manning just to protect against, you know, the game where they just don't throw any passing touchdowns. Yeah. He still gets something from Manning. And then if, you know, Dalton does throw, at least he gets, you know, Eifer, Green, and uh, Boyd. He'll get points that way. So I think if I were Chris, I stick with Eli Manning with the terrible, terrible matchup. I mean, yeah. The defenses in the NFC East are not that great compared to what the Bengals go up against in the AFC North. Uh, um, yeah, so I'll take the boys as well to win the division. I think the Dragons take a huge step back this year. They're just they're just too old. I love DeAndre Hopkins, but I think he gets yeah. probably next to nothing out of those, those running backs finally after like a 10-year run. Sorry, John. Uh, the white guys, yeah. I think they're going to be a pain. I think they are. I think they're going to win a lot of close games. I, I think they might actually finish second in that division. The Mallards. Steve's got no optimism about the team, and I don't blame him. It's just uh, just not quite where it needs to be. I think they probably win five or six games, just like last year. Yeah, the Mallards are. I don't know. They're looking at their roster. I mean, their their quarterbacks aren't exciting. Their their running backs aren't overly exciting. I think Jeremy Holt's gonna have a better year, and their their wide receivers are pretty good. I I. Personally, I like the Alshon Jeffrey Jeffrey trade for him a little better than for you. So I think uh, Jeffrey wants that big contract. But 
Uh, yeah, I mean, other than the wide receivers, nothing nothing too exciting here. So I think the Mallards are probably not going to be competing much. I don't think they're going to be a one, two, three win team, but I think five wins, six wins might be their max. Yeah, uh, I love Oshon Jeffrey. The problem is he, I just don't trust him to stay healthy. He's just one of those yeah. guys just get, starting to get the feeling early, <laughs> early onset, like Miles Austin, <laughs> hamstring pull every every season or calf strain. I just he just rubbed me the wrong way last year, just drove me nuts. I was like, I'm I'm gonna get rid of him now while he still has value. I don't know, maybe I mean, he is in a contract here, so maybe he turns it around, but I just don't trust him to stay healthy. I'd like guys yeah. that play every week, so I was willing to take a chance on Lockett, even though Alshon Johnson Jeffrey's clearly the better player. So we'll see how it works out. I mean I I was still losing sleep over not picking uh, Tyler Lockett in last year's draft. I took Jalen Strong <laughs> for some stupid reason, and I was just losing sleep over it. So I, I said, I gotta get, I gotta get Lockett. I can't do this to myself. So that's that's the background of that off-season trade that kind of went under the radar. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't even know that happened. And that's what I prefer. I didn't want people to just rip me apart. I traded Alshon Jeffrey, the seventh overall ranked wide receiver, for Lockett, who's like 25th. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Take a chance. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yes, this division is a little underwhelming. It's going to be tight. Um, I think the boys probably sneak out at eight and five. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it's a lot like the AFC East. I think it's it's just going to be them beating each other up every week or twice a twice a season or whatever you want to call it. There, no one is so great that they're going to run away with it. But uh, it'll it'll be some interesting weeks when these these teams play each other. All right, and then we'll uh, finish up with the NFC West, which is probably the most wide-open division, the most contested. I think the teams yeah. are all really even, and everybody, even the chickens, might be able to say, I can win this division. If you can't say that about probably any yeah. other divisions. So who do you have? And you, if you pick the Huskers, I won't give you any. <laughs> No, I'm not going to pick the Huskers. I, I can't do that yet. I, I I think there's too many guys on the Huskers that I just don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect from Murray. I don't know what to expect from Devontae Parker. I don't even know what to expect from Gordon when he comes back in Week Five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on picking the Huskers. But I will say that I think Russell Wilson has a shot at League MVP this year. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the kiss of death to Brian and say the brothers are going to win the division, assuming they stay healthy, which is what we say every year, because some, something always happens to them. Oh but uh, yeah, I, One of my favorite, let me just jump in, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, rituals every year is picking which Memphis brother <laughs> is going to have a season-ending injury out of nowhere. And, again, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm just staring at Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham, and I'm hoping it's not Brandon Marshall, but, oh, God. Yeah. He's, Got to be one of those two if we're picking for the brothers' roster. I think that's John's first poll question of the season: which brother will get injured for the season first? And just list a few of these guys here. Um, I'll take the brothers. I, I don't even know if I really feel comfortable with that because looking at their running backs, they have you know Jamal Charles, but he's not going to be playing too much the first few weeks. They have Eddie Lacy, who, gosh, you better hope that he has Eddie Lacy from two years ago and not last year, and then he has pretty much nothing else at running back. Um, but his, you know, his wide receivers, Becca, Marshall, Nelson is, Nelson is probably the best group of wide receivers in the league, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good group. Uh, Brandon Marshall will be interesting this year. I just uh, think the Jets are just doomed this year. I have a really bad taste in my mouth about. They have a brutal schedule, and just I just don't know if they'll come close to what they did last year. So we'll see no. how Marshall handles that. I think he might, you know, have one of his men- mental breakdowns and be a locker room issue, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's likely that he's going to have some regression. He put up 92 points last year, career high. I can't imagine him doing that again. Yeah, especially um, at his age. Yeah, this, this this was really hard for me to pick. I think it's going to be uh, three teams, you know, finish at seven and six, and one at six and seven, or five and eight. I think it's just going to come down to points and tiebreaker, kind of like last year where. The brothers beat me on points. Uh, I think I think the beans are there, but they're not. I think they're still probably a player or two away. I'll maybe can turn one of these quarterbacks into a, yeah. another running back or receiver. I'll, I'll probably look to do that early on if uh, Hyde, unless Hyde can carry the load until Deion Lewis returns. But that Deion Lewis injury was a killer to me. I just don't have the depth yeah. I need at running back. So. I, I'm going to take the Huskers. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think they just have a little enough edge, good enough draft. I think their your your rookies might contribute quicker than other teams' rookies. Russell Wilson will be an MVP candidate. Uh, David Johnson might lead all running backs in scoring. Murray, I think, will get you what you need out of your second running back. Uh, your tight ends are decent enough. And then you've got Josh Gordon coming back at week five. You've got Randall Cobb still. Uh, Devontae Parker okay. should be much better. So uh, it's 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 a it's a total toss up. Uh, I'll take the Huskers to win the division at seven and six on points. Mm. Okay, okay. I can I can I can see that happening. I'm still gonna hesitate and say I just still think they're probably one year away from becoming a dominant team. I think if if the players develop like they, I'm hoping they do. I think next year they could be a ten and three team. Uh, but I, I mean, I can see the Huskers taking the vision, but I'll still stick with the brothers for now. And your NFC wild card? I'm gonna, you know, they had a terrible year last year, but I'm gonna say the chickens are gonna figure out a way. Um, I don't know how they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it probably with. Drew Brees or Bortles or whoever, and they'll do it with their running back. Their wide receiver group is the worst in the league probably, but uh, I think they're going to, in a, in a division, just sort of like the other, the NFC East, I think they're, everyone's just going to beat themselves up and they're going to somehow come out on top. And uh, I, I think if Nick was smart, he'd be looking at trading either Langford or Ware and trying to you know get another wide receiver he can play. And uh, I, just, I just see them coming out on top of the wild card. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll take the brothers to win it. Uh, I think they also finish at seven and six and get the wild card, beating but just quickly, just really closely beating out you know the beans and, and possibly the chickens there. Uh, you know, I'm not counting out the beans. I think if I make a move, move one of these quarterbacks and get one more skilled position player, I think that could be the difference. So maybe I'll do that early on in the season, or I either got to decide do I you know put in my chips all in for the 2017 draft and trade a couple of these quarterbacks for first-round draft picks next year, which could be an option as well. But 
Yeah. Uh, that, uh, this division is going to be so tight, it's almost impossible to predict. But I'll, I'll take the Huskers to win at 7 6, the Brothers to make the wild card at 7 6, and I'll take the Beans to also finish 7 6, but lose on uh, the points, and I'll take the Chickens to finish 6 and 7. That's a tight division. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, all right, your playoffs. So you had the. Um, I have the the Tangs, the Merrymen, and the Eaters. The eaters, right? yep, yep. And then the in the NFC, the who do I have? The Boys, the Bart Brothers, and the Chickens. I'm I'm gonna go for an all Chris Davidson final. I'm gonna say the Eaters, well Chris Davidson slash Kurt Willett, Eaters Boys final. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Tangs find a way to get back. Uh, uh, so I'll take the Tangs out of the AS, AFC, and then out of the NFC, I'll just I'll go out and I'll say um, Huskers versus Boys. Uh, maybe the, I think the Huskers might make that dark horse run to the Super Bowl, and, and I think the Tangs uh, end up uh, repeating with a with a win over the Huskers. All right. So, but uh, I just could have just gave them the kiss of death too. So, yeah, thanks. Last year I was all in on the llamas, and they started out the season I think like zero and three or zero and four, right? Yeah, they were zero and three, and then one and four. Really? Yeah, so it's probably a kiss of death. So. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who do you uh, other? I was, was going to ask you, <laughs> uh, just uh, I wanted to know who you thought uh, for some of the awards, Rookie of the Year, League MVP, who do you think? League MVP, it will come down to Antonio Brown versus Russell Wilson. I'll take Antonio Brown. Uh, let, me, let me throw this out there at you. Do you think that... Um, we should eventually move to a dual MVP award where we have one for quarterbacks and one for non-quarterbacks. Probably. I think it's I think it's best to happen because it's just it's a, it's pretty much a quarterback every year now, and it's going to be that way until I don't know we we the next Ladanian Tomlinson comes around. And that's I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully we'll we can maybe we'll uh, propose that to John for the next I winter meeting. I can't remember his name now. That Browns weight running back, like probably six or seven years ago now, who should have won the MVP, he carried me to the title. I can't even remember his name. Uh, oh, um, the guy that was on that went to the Giants eventually. Uh, oh, jeez, yeah. what was his name? I can't remember. He was so good for me that one year. I picked him off a waiver and he carried me to the Super Bowl. He should have won the MVP that year. Uh, yeah. Shoot, God. I know why I can't remember. Then I had Amon Green win MVP for me in 2003, the other Thugs championship year. But yeah, running back MVPs are few and far between. Yeah, it's true. What about Rookie of the Year? What do you think? Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go. God, I would pick Dak Prescott, but uh, he's probably going to have to lose a few starts to Roma. I'll say, I mean, it's got to be either Elliott or Derrick Henry, I would think. So. I'll just go with the clear-cut favorite, uh, Elliot. Yeah, I think it's going to be Elliot as well. I think 
hands down, it's going to be Elliott in the end. He's just in the best position to score some points. Yeah, uh, and the name was Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis, that's right. Yeah. I think he had like 14 touchdowns that year. He's incredible. Yeah, he was. And he never did anything ever again. Nope. <laughs> All right, Kev. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up. Thanks for filling in for Steve uh, this week. I'm sure he'll get a chance to fill in for him again. That's it. It'll, uh, he'll have his hands full as he switches from man-to-man defense as a parent to zone. So, yeah, he's, he's in for a work. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing how Steve handles raising a boy instead of girls. Or it's a world of difference, but um, I'm happy to fill in for him this week. Yep. All right. Have a good Labor right. Day weekend. Thanks, you too. Don't forget to buy Dylan right. a birthday present. I won't. Okay. All right. All right. See Bye. Bye.